Circle of Birth podcast, reclaiming our birth potential with ancient wisdom and stories from birth and beyond, sharing the rich spectrum of family diversity and transformation, stories worldwide bringing together community and connectivity. Come together with story medicine and inspire at our unique birth journeys. We breathe, we birth, we become. Welcome to episode 42 of the Circle of Birth and firstly I just would love to extend my appreciation and gratitude to everyone that's been giving feedback um, about the show. I feel like it's really grown into itself over this past year and I feel very honoured to be able to be in this space to channel and share these beautiful journeys. So with that if you don't mind and it's quite an easy process once you get used to it uh, leaving an iTunes review that way it'll reach the wider community and it could be more accessible to people that might not know about it so please do. So ever wonder how a birth worker with over 12 years of birth experience is her first journey into motherhood? So sharing this episode with Jerusha Sutton who's a birth photographer and birth worker and an absolute oracle of wisdom. So this first time mama's birth is beautifully interpreted and if you're looking for a beautiful floaty story then this is the one for you. I guarantee it will leave lots of positivity and lots of understanding of the layers of pregnancy, birth and seeing how Jerusha's journey in 2006 started her on a pathway to her heart-centred birth work. Hi, Jerusha. Thank you so much. It's 7.30 at night and you've just put your little boy Rudy to bed and I really appreciate you taking your special mama time to share your story with us today on the Circle of Birth. So, big welcome to you. Thanks so much, Ali. It's lovely to be here and it means I can sit in here and my husband can cook dinner instead of me. It's perfect. (laughs) What's for dinner? Fish and salad tonight, I think. Lovely. Simple. Simple. So we want to explore your life and your birth and I would love to, before you had your birth with Rudy, he's 10 months old, uh, you were a doula and birth photographer. Um, We are going to talk about birth time and so how about we start off with, let's sort of flip back to around 2006 when you started as a doula. Yeah, sure. Yeah, what, what, what triggered you into it? So I, I had been, I am, I am an actor as well, and I had been sort of, you know, tripping around the acting circuit for a bit, and I went backpacking for a year around Europe on my own, and you know, to support my time. You know, in between acting jobs, I'd been, you know, just doing all sorts of rubbish jobs that I didn't really enjoy. And before I went overseas, I had been the the support person for a girlfriend's birth, which I absolutely loved. And then I went overseas, and I, you know, as I sat alone, you know, in random hills in Italy and stuff, my 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 thoughts drifted to what I was going to do when I went home. And my, I ended up making a promise to myself that I would go home and find something else that filled my soul. Because I didn't want to, you know, be working at being an actor until I was 50 and not 
and not find any success in that and to have not, you know, found anything else that I could really sink my teeth into. And so I came back after a year and my girlfriend was about five months pregnant. And I said, and thinking back to that birth I'd done before I went away, I said to her, maybe, maybe I could be a midwife. And she said, you don't need to be a midwife. You need to be a doula. And I said, I've got no idea what you're talking about. And she said, just sit down and type it into Google. Just have a read and, and have a think. And so I did. And within about 10 minutes, I decided that that was absolutely what I was going to do. It was just it was just perfect. So she'd heard about doulas in her childbirth education class and she just said, This is this is what you have to do. How did you fall into she just invited you into her birth space? So this was this was another girlfriend oh, whose birth. Another one, right. I was like, yeah. yeah, and I'd I'd always had a really deep interest in birth. I remember as a child hearing, you know, when, when family friends would have babies and I'd you know, overhear snippets of their birth stories being told to my mum or you know, to people around and I'd always be curious about the details and about, you know, I distinctly remember hearing someone say, well, they had to cut her to get the baby out. And I remember thinking, why did they, have, why on earth would they have to do that? You know, I always had a real curiosity about birth. And so when this girlfriend had invited me into her birth space, I, I asked her, I said, who are you going to have there? And she said, oh, well, I'll have my husband. And do you want to come along? I was like, yeah, I do. I really do. <laughs> And she had a beautiful, you know, it was the first birth. It was beautiful, straightforward, you know, it was stunning. And I, and I felt really comfortable in that space. I didn't feel scared or, I don't know, out of my depth or, you know, like it was all too big. I just felt really comfortable in there kind of, you know, just trying to keep her comfortable, doing whatever I could to support her. So I just loved it. So that's, so that sort of really, you know, planted something inside me, I think. What about your own birth? Did you get much growing up as a child about your birth? Yeah, I have one brother who's two years older than me and um, we grew up with a very healthy attitude towards birth in our family. My mum had two very straightforward births. One of them, my brother was induced, but that was pretty straightforward and I was pretty straightforward. You know, they were really... um, My birth story is actually really quite sweet, just briefly. She... um, my my grandmother was staying with mum. She was due to have me. My dad had gone to work. And Nan was coming to stay to look after my brother. And mum sort of was feeling a bit niggly, obviously. And, and Nan looked at her and said, you need to go to hospital and you don't you need to not come home until you've got a baby in your arms. And so dad was going to work. So dad just dropped her at the hospital on the way to you know his work. And he went to work and she went in and said, I'm going to have a baby today. And they looked at her and said, you're not having a baby today, love, go home. And she said, oh, well, I've got to wait until my husband comes home to, goes home for lunch to pick me up. And they said, all right. And they put her in, just sat her in a, in a room on her own. And at lunchtime, the, um, the lunch lady came around, you know, to bring lunch in and looked at her and she said, do you want lunch? And mum said, no. And she looked at her and said, do you need to have a baby? And mum said, yeah. So they went and got, you know, and called the GP and as they did in those days, moved it down to the delivery ward and she had me about half an hour later. So oh, wow. it was just, you know, it was, just, it was kind of, you know, low-key, stoic, get on with it kind of stuff. Yeah, I loved your I grandma loved too. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt, just don't. She just looked at her and went, don't come home without a baby. Yeah. Love that. She knew. Yeah. Knew. That innate knowledge. Yeah. You can't yeah. 
yeah. So, so yeah, so that was, so we grew up with, you know, birth stories like that, which were not scary. Yeah. And so heading into your doula work, can mm. you describe what your first, um, you've already had the birth with your friend. What was mm. your first sort of experiences like just being a doula? My first uh, doula births were really, really full on. I felt like the first, my first doula birth, I learnt I learnt the lessons of about 20 births in that. It was um, it was a beautiful couple hoping for a um, birth centre, but, you know, straightforward birth centre birth. And in short, they had a really long posterior labour, ended up getting transferred to delivery ward, you know, epidural failure to progress, ended in a Caesar. Um, this was all over several days. So by the end of it, I was an emotional, you know, wreck just having seen this all unravel between, you know, in front of this beautiful couple who I thought just, you know, had it all laid out. So, um, and I, I remember halfway through that birth being on the phone to my beautiful trainer and mentor and, you know, her talking me through it. She could see exactly what was coming. So she'd sort of prepared me for what was ahead, but I really couldn't believe it. And so I had, and then I had a really complicated induction that entered in an instrumental delivery. And, you know, so I really then the reality of, um, I guess, you know, the world of hospital interventions and when things don't really go to plan all kind of hit me in the face really quickly. And did you find that invaluable nature of having a mentor um, available at that time to just really debrief those births? And um, Yeah, that was, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I can imagine your mind would be, you know, lack of sleep and racing mind and all that sort of heightened. I mean, it's like birth. (laughs) It still happens now, you know, when you go to birth and you've been there, you know, for 24 hours and things aren't going. You know, you still, I still can be an emotional wreck at birth when things, you know, and you've got sleep deprivation and emotions involved and you've got so much invested in this beautiful couple that, you know, you're supporting still happens now yeah exactly yeah that's why i think you know we we don't ever stop needing our our teams around us yeah and that support the support we need it all the time yeah Mm. and so you've how how many births do you think you've racked up in your 10-year span oh it it's i don't know around 100 maybe but i really have lost count wow did you count at one stage? Did you used to write them down? And yeah, I used to. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I and I probably could. I probably could tally it up now, but yeah. I'm not very good at that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're mainly focused on postnatal doulering at the moment. No, I'm not yeah. at the moment. Yeah. I um I so I did a lot of postnatal doula work. I so after I did my qualification I moved to London um, to be with my now husband Andy Um, I lived there for several years and I was doing full-time postnatal doula work and births it was you know it was um, it's a busy town London and there's a lot of doula work to be had over there so I was really into doing a lot of postnatal work over there which I'm very passionate about and then I found when I moved back to Australia which was now about eight years ago the demand for it isn't really here and I think the demand isn't here because people don't know that it's a they don't know that it's available or that it's a thing you know I think Australians are much more geared to just 
getting on with stuff. Yeah, I think there could be a lot more emphasis put on postnatal work oh, yeah. um, for women because we do focus a lot on the birth and then we're left in the lurch like, like what, what do I do? And, um, yeah, you're still exactly. going through that vulnerable time, transition change. Um, you know, it's huge. It's a huge transition and you really need that continual support carry through and I just think we really need to emphasise how amazing postnatal support can be um, and important. I totally agree and I think I, I think it can really often make the difference between a woman enjoying her postnatal period and just enduring it, you know, just wishing, wishing it faster. Yeah because they, you know, because they are just gutting through it. Whereas, you know, I really saw the difference with women who got a lot of support and, you know, and, and it's a difference in support, especially with a postnatal doula who will go in and do everything around you to, to allow you just to care for your baby. Yeah. As a coming in and doing all the baby stuff, um, you know, which I guess a lot of the, the help that we maybe have here in terms of mothercraft nurses, you know, they'll do the baby stuff. But a postnatal doula will come in and, you know, make you a meal and change your sheets and, you know, run your errands and look after your older children and do all the things that you don't need to be doing at that point so you can just focus on your baby. Yeah, and it's using that really good intuition as a person to walk into a space and gauge what someone needs without being too invasive or knowing where, where to yeah. go and where to head. And, I mean, I love – I get such a – like buzz out of like doing someone's washing or <laughs> just doing the yeah. dishes. It's like you no, it's much like... more pleasurable than doing your own. Yeah, <laughs> and it's really rewarding. You're like, oh, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's lovely to walk out of a woman's home and to just leave her with a meal on the bench, but no washing up to do and her clothes put away, and you know, and you know, and then there's those other times when all it's all it's needed is just to sit and listen and have a cup of tea, you know, and sometimes that's just as important as anything else. Yeah. Well said. Mm. So how do you feel? This is like my favourite part is getting into stories and mm. I would just love to hear your birth with Rudy. So how would you feel about starting off with your pregnancy and sort of journeying mm. us through to, to the birth? So I, um, Rudy was very much a planned pregnancy. Um, Andy and I have been together for about 11 or 12 years and we've been married for three years and um, we fell pregnant and, you know, we were absolutely stoked and we, um, and the pregnancy was a, a dream. I mean, it was almost to the point where I didn't want to tell people how good I was feeling because I just, I didn't ever have any sickness. I didn't even have any tiredness. I mean, it was just extraordinary how good I felt the whole way through. Um, and, you know, it was such a, an incredibly exciting time because I, Having spent 10 years supporting women in their births, I had a very clear idea of what my plans would be for our birth. Um, you know, and so starting to put all of that into place was really, you know, really exciting. Um, so the pregnancy just went like a dream. I, you know, I, I immediately booked in Joe Hunter to 
be my midwife for our home birth and my two beautiful doula friends, uh, Nadine and Lucretia, they were, they absolutely had to be there. And I booked in, um, Anna Todd, who is, uh, a dear friend of mine and a beautiful birth photographer. And I also invited my girlfriend, Lizzie, who was the girlfriend who introduced me to what doulas are in the oh, first wow. Yeah, yeah. So she had had a twin home birth that I was at um, about nine years ago. And um, she's an amazing woman. She's a celebrant, does funerals and weddings. And she's she she married Andy and I. So, so she had to be there as well. So we had this, you know, kind of lovely team that we brought in around us. And, and the excitement as our pregnancy went on just built and built and built. It was lovely. So what kind of preparation did you do prior to leading up to the birth? Well, it, it was interesting given that I, you know, spent so many years um, supporting women through their pregnancies and seeing what they, what sort of birth prep they were doing and suddenly it was my turn and so I, I guess I made myself a bit of a human experiment in a way. I just thought, you know, the world is all there. There's so much to, that I'm curious about. Um, one of the biggest things that I undertook um, was I decided to go to Vipassana, which is a 10-day silent meditation uh, retreat is not the word, course, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah, definitely not a retreat. <laughs> about it. Um, Have you, had you done it before? I hadn't done it before. Wow. And, yeah, and I'd always, I'd, I'd been saying I'd do it for years. A girlfriend, of, well, the same girlfriend who convinced me to be a doula had always said, you need to do Vipassana before you become a mother. Because she just swears that she, you know, she used it, what she learnt there right through her birth and every single day in her mothering. And so I was always like, yeah, yeah, I will, I will, I will. And then suddenly I was pregnant and I was like, well, all right, I've got nine months to knock this over. And I had, you know, a bunch of doula clients lined up through my pregnancy. So I, you know, I was, it was pretty limited in terms of time that I had to do it. Anyway, I eventually found a slot that I could do and that was when I was um, – 30 weeks pregnant so I took myself off to Queensland and went to Vipassana and did 12 hours of meditation for 10 days 12 hours of meditation a day for 10 days at a silent retreat where you can't talk to anyone for 10 days you can't make eye contact with anyone for 10 days it's it's pretty intense so, like all these questions are filling into my head. Um, just coming from, I, I did it, um, oh, it's probably about near 10 years ago now. Okay. And I can really relate to what she said, actually. It's such a great birth prep because I relate it to birth. I think that totally. it was like that experience. I, I remember going through this transition point, like, and thinking, I need to get out of here. These people are actually trying to kill me. I'm in a cult. Like, <laughs> da 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 da. da. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> and so all these questions like firstly how did you go sitting for that long and being pregnant do you know what surprisingly I was all right I mean I did have my variety of cushions and things but I did sit just on a meditation cushion the whole time I mean as a pregnant person at Vipassana they do give you a bit of special dispensation you know they say you can have a seat to sit for certain sessions and um, you know, you can take sessions off if you like. And I, I had this kind of hell bent head of, well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it properly. And I'm only pregnant. It doesn't mean that I can't, you know, 
And um, so I went pretty hard. And to be fair, my body was in really good kind of shape in terms of I had been, you know, I'd been seeing an amazing osteo. I was really well aligned. And, and so the sitting was actually fine for me. It was the pain in all of my other, oh my, I mean, the pain in my joints was insane, in, but it was more like shoulders and knees and ankles and all other things. It was nothing to do with my torso or my back or my hips, which I, you know, kind of expected it might be. Mm. Um, and did you make any, um, you know, doing the scanning and going up and down? Yes. Yeah. How was that with baby? Was there any sort of... Well, lingering around there or yeah it was really beautiful I mean one of the, one of the techniques is you're doing a body scan you know head to toe right out to your you know fingertips and your toe you know right down to your toes and it was re- what was really yummy actually was that I would each time do a body scan of myself and then a body scan of the baby so it was it was a really beautiful way for us to tune into that yeah. to each other in that space and I mean, having 10 days of silence of no one else to talk to but your baby is a really quite quite an incredible experience. You know, you really, when you take all of the distractions away, the level at which you tune in with your baby is quite incredible. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I think in pregnancy to detach yourself from all that external noise and information I mean that's it you're essentially that's a perfect space to do it isn't it um yeah there is there is nowhere to hide yeah and so when you left that experience what was the feelings that come up for you um well inspection oh I mean the process itself was really fucking hard for me it was what it was I, I mean it was my personal marathon you know some people train to run marathons and it's something they really want to do and it's their big challenge I mean Vipassana for me was that it was you know it was terrifying and it you know it, it felt like my Everest but um and but you know I did it and it was and it, I mean it took me six days to stop bawling my eyes out yeah me too I was day six when the transition happened and then at right. day seven was like oh actually yeah. I'm getting this yeah, right exactly and I you know and I I hadn't felt vulnerable throughout my pregnancy but suddenly I felt really vulnerable and I think that was about support you know that I'd felt so supported in my pregnancy and suddenly they all of those people weren't there you know I had no one to So random kind of ailments were cropping up that I had to deal with on my own. So that was, you know, one of my big lessons was, you know, coming back to my independence and dealing with everything on myself. Um, But, you know, and then the light starts to just filter in, doesn't it, as you get through those last days and then suddenly, I don't know, you know, I, I felt like my heart just burst open on the last day. It was just incredible. I mean, it did take me the whole time to really get to a place of like, oh, okay and I left there I mean people talk about coming back out into the world and being really overwhelmed and really you know wanting to be reclusive and I mean I didn't feel like that at all I was ready to be back out in the world but uh, I mean but the world was just so much more vibrant and (laughs) heightened you know everything was intense but in a really good way you know it wasn't like I felt overwhelmed and I wanted to hide from it I really was just my eyes were massive just trying to take everything in um and I did really try to you know hang on to that connection 
with my baby once, you know, I'd left because I felt that that had been so great and intense and, you know, delicious to really tune in with him like that. So, yeah, it was it was such a massive, that was a, a massive journey for me. Would you recommend it now to people? I, I would only recommend it to people who really, really wanted to do it. <laughs> like... I wouldn't say, yeah, just go and test it out because it really does, you know, it can with your head pretty massively. And I, it took every part of me to, you know, stay there. Yeah. It really did. And, you know, and I, I mean, I, other people do it and do it all the time and find it really easy. I mean, it was really hard for me. I found it very, very difficult. And um, so, you know, I would recommend it because I think it's an extraordinary thing. I, what I really wanted to do was I wanted to get into the back corners of my mind and, you know, dust out the cobwebs that I didn't know were there. I didn't – and, like, in terms of birth prep, it was it was huge for me because I, I, I didn't want to get into my – into my labour and then, you know, find a part of myself that was, you know, an, an, you know, a non-coping part or a part, something that I wasn't expecting. I really wanted to explore what was in the deep, dark corners of my brain. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what I really, you know, and, and I knew that, I knew that it would be incredibly uncomfortable. I knew that it would be incredibly painful. And, um, you know, so that for me was just was it, it was my birth training, really. Yeah, and or oh, and birth too. I mean, birth of your your your, your authentic self, and like you said, cleaning out that you know those yeah. cobwebs at the back, and really showing up to yourself. Totally. And there would there would be points when I was sitting in a meditation, and you know, or every part of your body is just screaming, move move like you might not be able to walk for the rest of your life if you don't move now because that pain is so bad yeah yeah and I okay this is a really intense contraction what are you going to do are you going to pull the pin you know are you going to yeah I could just see the benefits in pregnancy actually like of doing (laughs) it but like you said you'd have to be really willing to, to to do it yeah it was just that I want I want so badly to have it you know to, to to have done it that I that was the only thing that kept me there so I wouldn't go willy-nilly but yeah, um yeah. it was amazing but it, you know the, the parallels of it really sitting in there and imagining myself you know this is labor okay well, how are you going to do that stay yeah. with it yeah. that's perfect um would you do it again yourself oh I I, I remember at the end of it thinking I'm really glad I'm going to have a small child soon because that takes away the possibility of me doing it in the coming year. Because <laughs> they say, you know, you can come back and do it every 12 months. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to be able to do that. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, what, one, I did have a beautiful conversation with one of the women there afterwards, and she'd come back after six years and done it again. And I said, why did you come back? And she said, because for the first one, I felt like I was, I was just – trying it was just about endurance it was just about getting to the end and she said and I wanted to come back and actually really immerse myself in the juice of the teachings you know to really now that I know what it is now I can be in it and really absorb more rather than just you know gutting through it and and that kind of resonated with me I thought okay I'm not there yet but I can imagine 
at a point possibly I yeah. might. Yeah. I, I feel I feel that, that feel that exact same. Um, you know, obviously because I've had kids since then and, you know, it's just not a possibility right now. Yeah. I think if I did go back into it and the opportunity opened, that would be the same thing. I'd be doing it because I just stum- – I was travelling in India and we are in um, a place called Varanasi yeah. and I was with a friend that was – she was like, I, I, this is what I need to do. I need to go to this. Will you come? And I'm like, sure. I didn't yeah. even know what it was. I was like, okay, <laughs> sounds good. I just shut up for 10 days and like – Yeah, meditate. sit around and Yeah, cool. <laughs> I said, I've got this. I can do that. <laughs> I just had no idea. So I think I spent a lot of the time – and it's like birth. I feel like that's how I headed into my first birth was like, yeah, I've right. got this, I'm evolved. Like, cool. you know. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of those qualities in that first birth experience I had just naturally came through from the Vipassana that I probably didn't even know but probably saved a lot of that experience from heading into a different direction, if that makes yeah, sense. Right. And I feel that, yeah, I spent that first part of – that Vipassana really not knowing what I was doing. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, coming back into that, definitely, I, like it. I'd love to do it. Um, mm. But, yeah, maybe when I'm a bit more present and, you know, the kids are older and I'm in that space yeah. to really I feel into it. Yeah. Worry about what's going on with them. Yeah, absolutely. I just admire those people. I've got a friend that does like 40-day ones or 60-day or something once a year. That's her. That's what she does. And I'm just like, wow, that's like, that's a marathon, you know. That makes my brain explode to to even think about that. Yeah, yeah. It's very admirable. I am, I, hats off to those people. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. So, okay, that is just amazing and I'm blown away. So what else did you do? <laughs> Part of it. And then um, Andy and I did, we decided to do an antenatal course. Um, we did a course called She Births um, and we decided to do that. It was a course that I was very familiar with because I had sat in on it as a doula, but I knew the beauty of, of those courses and that course in particular uh, one of the biggest things I gleaned from it is that they, it made the men so empowered and knowledgeable about how to support, you know, or the partners, you know, to go into the birth space and being, you know, we had a big birth team on board and I, I really wanted Andy to know his, you know, to, to have his role, you know, and to, to feel empowered in that space. So we decided to go to that, which was incredible actually it was a really beautiful weekend for us and we came out of it you know Andy said afterwards he said I feel like that course I feel like that weekend has shifted it from being your birth to being our birth oh yeah Mm. I love that it was so and I just thought wow that was that was you know worth every minute then you know and it and and thus it transpired I mean he was an amazing support for the birth so that was you know that was a really great thing you know people were saying you're going you're you're going to an antenatal course you know all this stuff and I was like yeah but you know I get to sit in it from another part of my brain and I get to sit in it with my partner and I get to you know and he gets to absorb it it was great it was really great and then the other thing I did is that I went to Melbourne to see a beautiful lady called Fiona Hallinan who works very closely with Jenny Blythe on the internal 
pelvic, I don't know, mapping, if that's the right word, but internal pelvic exploration stuff. So I went and had a two-hour appointment with her in Melbourne when I was probably 34 weeks pregnant, um, which was utterly fascinating. Yeah, so walk me through what the process is for people that might not really understand what So, is. yeah, so, I mean, first up, she gave me a really incredibly in-depth anatomical lesson of the pelvis. You know, and you think you know the pelvis and the uterus and how everything works, but she really got down to, you know, the, the nitty-gritty of, of what ligaments and muscles are holding the uterus in place and what bones and what you know how everything really works together and and gave me really good visual um cues and you know pictures and imagery about how that all worked and that really so that really took my knowledge of what was really happening and I I mean I love anatomy it really fascinates me so how all, all the ligaments and, and muscles work in relation to the pelvis and the uterus you know the bones and it was just that was incredible and then and so then it goes into the the physical part of it which basically is a really long internal examination vaginal examination not really an examination though it is it is an exploration so um you know so fingers in fiona's fingers in my vagina feeling around you know mapping out and exploring what you know what goes on in there which expands the whole world in there it's amazing and did you find during the process that stuff was coming up immediately or she was sort of feedbacking what she was seeing or feeling or yeah I I mean it 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 was um I guess for me it was more I mean a lot people have a lot of emotional um release with that work you know, there's a lot held in our muscle memory and our ligaments, and you know, in that area. And for me, it was really fascinating. Um, just the physical, the physical tension I felt, and and the choice to go into that and release all of that. And I mean, it it was incredible. You know, you think it's just you know a small cavity, but you know, it it just it suddenly opened up and felt like this vast kind of area that. Um, was so much more intricate than I kind of knew and yeah so it was it was just it was incredible to you know to know how far up she could go and she could feel my baby's head and she could you know and at one point I I was trying to visualize where her fingers were and I said where where exactly are you in there (laughs) and she said she said put put your hand underneath your bum and push, find the bottom of your coccyx and push in. And I did, you know, so hand underneath my bum and pushed in and there were her fingers, you know. So it was like, oh, that's where you are. Okay. okay. And then she'd go, okay, then I'm tracking this and here's the ridge of this side of your pelvis and here's, you know, and this is, and she'd touch on something and I'd go, oh, whoa, what's that? She'd say, right, that's the ligament that, you know, connects this and this and that's why that might be tense and that's what. So, and that goes, you know, that goes on for quite a long period of time. And, and, and then she, at the end of it, so she sends you off with exercises to do it yourself and to get in there and to start releasing those parts that are holding a lot of tension 
and and one of the things that really stuck with me that she said was that all the baby needs is a relaxed vessel to find its way through. And so in doing this work, you're working towards making that vessel as relaxed as you possibly can, you know, letting go of tensions that you might not know are there. So so that's kind of fine, like baby finding that path of least, least resistance. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, in the, in the weeks following, you know, I had exercises to do where I would get in and get into those spots that she found and really try and release them. And it so was. You, you did that yourself, like yeah. internally? Yeah. 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 And it, 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 it's bloody hard to do it yourself. I mean, it's a little bit, it's quite awkward. Yeah. With a heaving, you know, heaving 35 week belly. But, um, it was, and you can get other people to get it. You can get your partner, your midwife, to help you with it as well. Um, so, that, yeah, that that just, you know, kind of visually opened up what what was going, you know, what was happening inside as well. That was just unreal. Yeah, Jenny. I, when I spoke to Jenny and did a recording with her, yes. I said that we just need to speak again and just talk about the pelvis because. I agree. It just needs a space to talk about. It's so big and um, there's probably a little understanding of people when they think of it and the emotional language attached to it and that energetic level of um, oh. ex- exploration. It's fascinating. Yeah. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know like how I, – I mean, I'm really interested in doing her course um, and yes. I'm hoping that, that it aligns one day, but um, I just don't – like I – because I've not seen it done, um, like I've got really short hands. <laughs> I'm just like you okay. said, I'm not, I don't know how. Like it's, it wouldn't blow my mind how the ability to sort of get far around that pelvic space. Yes, yeah. like I've got short fingers, yeah, yeah. and I don't even know. <laughs> Definitely, it's much easier for someone else to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it was just an incredible surrender for me as well. Mm. You know, it. She, and she, I mean, Fiona was just divine and made, just made me feel so comfortable. You know, it didn't, that part, it didn't worry me at all, but it, it, but then it was just, you know, but it's a long period of time and, and I just, it, it was just a really not, a beautiful surrender for me to go, okay, you know, let it go, let it go, let it go, you know, and, and it needed that amount of time to, you know, get my head around, okay, you know, it's okay, just keep releasing, just keep letting it go. Yeah, it's probably important to mention the, to people if they're interested that there's a lot of prep done beforehand to make sure, like, you just don't go there and then they to, stick their fingers up. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, you know, I felt very comfortable. By the time we got to that part of the appointment, I felt very willing and very comfortable and she was just so, so, you know, thoughtful and kind the whole time. It was It was amazing. So I would recommend that to anyone because that was just, you know, I, I, it would just—it just fascinates me how much, you know, all of all of that can affect the way your baby might come down through your pelvis. You know, and what, would you recommend that? At, when do they recommend it? Usually, at what stage of pregnancy? I'm not sure what they recommend, but yeah. I would I would say you know do it, and you know especially for people who've had babies in, you know, interesting positions, you know, persistent, I don't know, persistent posterior or asynclitic heads or, you know, whether any of that's got anything to do with part of, you know, anything that's going on within your pelvis that you might not know about, you know, for subsequent pregnancies. I don't, I don't know. I just think there's a whole world of knowledge there that, 
these women are so onto that we really need to tap into. Yeah, definitely. And you don't have to be pregnant to get it done either. It's very exactly yeah. right. Exactly yeah. right. I think the emotional effects, you know, the emotional benefits that you can get from it are huge. Mm. Mm. You're listening to the Circle of Birth podcast, circleofbirth.com. Then I guess towards the end of the pregnancy, so so birth time, the documentary that we'll talk about in a minute, um, was, I guess, conceived sometime during um, the preg- my pregnancy between Joe and Zoe and I and and then, so if we fast forward to when I was about 35 or 36 weeks pregnant, we interviewed, we did our first interview, which was Hannah Darlin for the documentary. And at that time, she was planning the normal labour and birth conference, which was to be on, which we were already going to, um, was going to be on when I was 37 weeks pregnant. And Hannah said, you know, all these people are coming in from all over the world and you can interview whoever you like. So suddenly we were in this flurry of, activity of you know planning this this conference these days at this conference and all of these interviews and people to interview so you know there was a lot of birth time activity then so the the normal labor and birth conference when I was 37 weeks was this huge time of being surrounded by midwives and birth workers from all over the world and interviewing amazing people like Sheena Byron and you know Sue Down and people from everywhere so it was this magnificent sort of week and surrounded in, 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 you know, midwives who'd come in and look at me and say, this baby, you know, this baby's not far away, that baby's really low. And, you know, there was a lot of this sort of, a lot of people implying that they thought it wouldn't be far away. And I was absolutely convinced that my baby would be a 42-weeker. Of, like 100% convinced yeah. of having 10 years of, you know, all of my first-time mums, so like the vast majority of them going well past their due date. And I just thought, yeah, that's fine. And so in my head we were doing this conference and then I had my blessing way or my mother blessing planned for that Sunday, the day I was 38 weeks. And in my head I then had a month to relax and to do all of those beautiful late pregnancy things that I hadn't been doing because I'd been working so hard. So we did the normal labour and birth conference and then and my parents arrived and then on the Sunday we had this extraordinary mother blessing. With the, with the encouragement of my birth team, we'd managed to plan the blessing way to end all blessing ways. It was held on Zoe's property in Bilpin in this amazing circle garden and Jane Hardwick-Collings held the ceremony, held the circle and it was just this Wow. Um, unbelievable gathering of women and spirits it was it was quite I mean the woo-woo was in full tilt that day it was it was it was mind-blowing really and um you know so this oxytocin rush that we you know I was just on from then and then you know it's like okay now now we relax we're gonna go for swims every day and have sleeps anyway on the Tuesday so less two days later I woke up in the middle of the night and um, got up to go to the loo and I left a trickle all the way down the hallway. <laughs> oh, dear, I think I've just wet myself and, you know, went through that whole process. And, of course, it was a, it was a, uh, I, I, my waters were leaking 
Um, and so I was in total denial that this could possibly be happening. Anyway, so not, and I had no contractions. And that was about midnight, you know, on the on the Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. So that was thirty-seven and a half ish. You were thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Okay. Yeah, thirty-eight plus two. And so we spent the next day in a flurry of getting everything ready that I hadn't really gotten ready yet. So setting up the birth space and threading my blessing way necklace and you know, testing that, you know, all the things that Joe told us to do weeks before, like testing the birth pool for holes and all of that stuff. My parents were staying with us, so we shipped them out to a hotel nearby and, <laughs> uh, and had this sort of really busy day. And uh, I said to Andy, just before we went to bed, I said, I need to go to the ocean one more time before this baby's born. And so we, we went down to the ocean and had this beautiful walk in the dark at 10.30 at night came home, fell into bed at 11 p.m. and then was at half past 12 was woken up by one almighty contraction. And Andy went, oh, and so I planned. So Nadine, one of my doulas, lives two doors away and our plan was I'd always said I'm going to call her in early. I don't want to be, I don't want to be sitting outside myself trying to doula myself and trying to gauge when to call the others because Joe and Lucretia live an hour and a half away. And... Um, I had this one contraction and Andy said, we need to call Nadine. And I was like, are you crazy? I've had one. So, and then two minutes later, the next one comes. And two minutes later, the next one comes. And he says, I'm calling her. And so, so Nadine sneaks over in her pyjamas and her slippers and just sits quietly in the corner. And I was, you know, trucking along with three minutely contractions. And so after a while, she said, I'm going to call the girls. And so she called everyone in. So the women just trickled in, you know, in the wee hours of the morning, 2, 3 a.m., which was really magical, like that, just you know, having them all coming. I'd always imagined them all being here and finally it was kind of happening. Anyway, so things were trucking along and then I, I don't know, about 4 a.m. I think I got into the war, into the birth pool and stayed in there for about three hours and over that time everything, it, my contractions went from three-minutely to about eight-minutely. So everything really stretched out. And at one point, Joe said, do you want to just have a feel and see if you can tell what's going on? And so I had a feel and she said, can you feel any cervix? You know, I'd, obviously I'd never given anyone a VE before and so suddenly I'm giving, you know, having a feel. And she said, can you feel any cervix? And I said, yeah, I can. And I, and I wasn't going to tell them how much cervix I could feel because I was quite, quite disappointed and I thought I don't want to disappoint them that I'm not as far along as everyone might think um so I didn't really tell I just said yeah she said is it thick and I said yeah okay she was like that's fine anyway eventually the sun came up I got out of the water and you know it was a bit sort of deflated everything had really stretched out and I was exhausted and just wanted to sleep and and Joseph you know the girls said do you want to do you want to go to bed and have a sleep and I said yeah and they said, well, do you want to get up and have a baby? I said, I want to get up and have a baby. I mean, I really wanted to go to bed, but, I knew, you know, I knew I didn't want this to stretch out. And I knew I wouldn't be comfortable in bed. I wouldn't be able to sleep. And I kind of knew what was coming. So I'd heard for, I'd heard over and over the stories of Lucretia's birth. They, I mean, they had Maggie Leckie Thompson as their midwife. And I've heard the stories of Maggie hauling Lucretia around, pounding the pavement, you know, to get her contractions going when she had a bit of a lull and I thought that's what they're going to do to me. <laughs> yeah, and so at 8 o'clock in the morning they dressed me in my husband's tracksuit and put sunglasses on me and Joe and Lucretia 
take me outside, arm in one on each arm, and they said, we're going to walk and we're not going to stop. And did they mean it? My God, we just, we went. And so, and contractions, I wasn't allowed to stop for anything. The only thing I was allowed to stop for was to vomit under a tree. And um, in 20 It's like birth boot camp. (laughs) It totally was birth boot camp. It was hilarious. Or it looked like we were coming home from a big night out. I was just about to say, it's like that shady when you walk out in the morning and friends I had a big night. Yeah. Swaying. I could barely open my eyes. And, you know, everyone's on the school run and the commute, you know, everyone's on their commute to work and the builders are all in building sites. And every time I'd open my eyes and peep, I'd just think, oh, God, I can't even see. Let's just keep going. So, but I, you know, I had eight contractions in 20 minutes suddenly. And so they were back. And so, you know, rule was I wasn't allowed to sit down. So we came home and I just walked. I paced. I paced the hallway for, I don't know, hours, a couple of hours. And as long as I did that, my contractions were, you know, it was happening and I could feel the change. I could feel, you know, the way the contractions were start to change. And at one point I asked to get back in the water and they said, the pool's not ready. We've run out of hot water. You can't get in there yet. I was like, I really want to get in. And they said, why don't you just go and have a shower? Why don't you and Andy just go into the shower and, you know, have a hot shower and just relax in there on your own? And in my mind I kind of went, if there's not enough hot water for the pool. Yeah, I was about to say that. (laughs) Why could I go, why are they letting me hop in the shower? And I was like, I'm not even going to, I can't even question that because a shower sounds like a bloody great idea at this point. So we were, and of course they were lying to me. Um, so emotionally at the time, was your mind sort of in that comical sort of easygoing yeah. phase? Was there uh, stuff coming up or how were you? I had a lot of emotional phases through through the labour. I had I was sobbing in tears at one point. I asked Andy to put on a song from our wedding and that just absolutely brought me undone. But there was other times when we were absolutely laughing our heads off. You know, and, and, I, and I don't, the good thing is I don't really feel like I was in my doula head too much. Mm-hmm. I was just and about I, to ask that actually, yeah, if your doula sort of self came into it a lot or. The really beautiful thing was I think because I drew all those women in around me, I knew that they were doing that job. I knew, you know, there was, I knew they were all there to do that with their doula and midwife heads on and so I didn't need to be in that space. So that was really not, you know, I remember when my contractions spaced out and I was lying there like, I probably should do something to change this, but they'll tell me, they'll tell me, you know, Mm. and they did. So I trusted, I I trust them all so implicitly that it, it was really easy to not be in that headspace. You know, I kind of, and I was, I was chuckling at stuff through the, you know, knowing that they were going to haul me around the pavement and knowing that they were lying to me about the bath. No, you know, but. So it was, it, it was, it was such a, it was such a delicious day. Anyway, so I got in the shower, and I think in first second that I don't know, within minutes of being in there, I just had this almighty contraction that took me to my knees and had me grunt like really, had me really pushing basically. And I put my hand down and felt a head, and I called Joe in. Said Joe, there's a head. And she said, do you want to just stay in here and have a couple more contractions? And I said, no, I'm getting back in the pool. Thank you. 
All right. And so I did. And then 40 minutes later, Rudy was born. So, yeah. So, and, you know, in that 40 minutes in the pool was, you know, 40 of the most intense minutes of my life. And there was there was one point where I, I turned to Joe at one point and said, Joe, will, will it fit? Because I really didn't believe that it would. It didn't matter how many babies I'd seen coming out of women's vaginas. I did not think that one was going to come out of my vagina. I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling <laughs> and I'm one of them. Like you go through yeah. this quick, like, seconds of like, how does this even fit? Like- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because I was feeling, I was feeling, you know, his head as as my contractions were happening, and and you know, we were only to the kind of head on view sort of stage. And I'm going, this is about as much as I can do. That there's no, I've got a whole head to get out. This is ridiculous. <laughs> what did it feel like um, doing that inspection and feeling the head, his head, for the first time? That was pretty magical. Yeah. It was. It was half of my head was in. In you know, half of my head was in a mother space, and then half of it actually was in the birth worker space of, you know, always imagining what these are like because you know you see them done all the time and you know intellectually what they mean, but you've never actually done one. So then I was like, oh, so this is what it feels like, and that's what you know, and that's that bit, and that's that bit. But then I was like, there, there is a head there. I can feel that. That's amazing. Mm. So. That Walk us through just that last part. Were you, is there a lot of pushing or he sort of, you know, did the water help with him? The water was amazing. I mean, it was it was the most, God, the, the, the relief of getting in the water was unbelievable. I am a water baby anyway, so that was always going to be my happy place, I think. Um, I definitely had to choose to go into the, like my, my body was pushing but I had to choose. I was trying to, I re- distinctly remember pushing back away, from, like trying to push into the back of the pool to back away from that sensation. And at, at a point, and I'm sure Joe said something to me at that, you know, that point about actually, you know, letting, letting that happen and going with it and helping, you know, really kind of, and I had to choose to go into that at a point. And I did have that realisation of that there is only one way to get to the other side of that and this is through it so um sounds like a big breakthrough doesn't it from that transition to motherhood like that shell cracking and you having to make that you know that decision to do this totally totally. um and it was beautiful at that point you know there was we had we did have you know obviously quite a few people in our birth space but at that point they all, they were all there, but Joe was just beside me. It was just right beside me, and it was her voice. It was just her voice that I needed to tune into. No one else was saying anything else. You know, it was that beautiful relationship where all I needed was her at that point. And you know, her words were few, but really, really, but all I needed. And so I, I really did have to choose to go into that and it was I mean you know and it was a really intense kind of phase um but it was you know it was gradual and it just kept progressing and progressing and progressing until eventually you know his head was coming I I remember the disappointment of feeling him going back up and then having to think I have to go all that way again and then further and then but you know that was just so distinct to me but then that feeling of oh my goodness he's not going back 
and having attended many births with Jo and, and, and having seen her talk women through, you know, the birthing a baby's head and then suddenly it was me hearing those words that I've heard her say to other women. and That was really, I couldn't quite believe I was there at that point. And then his head was out and then, you know, the world stopped for, for minutes where I just my hand was just rubbing the back of his head and I just couldn't believe. I mean, I didn't know it was a boy at that point. But, you know, just the world stops that magical time. And then Joe just quietly said to me, when your next contraction comes, I want you to push with it and I want you to reach down and lift your baby out of the water. Wow. And, I, and that's exactly what happened. And... That feeling, do you can you sort of reaccount? I know it's so hard to describe it in words, but um. it just ah, oh, just to know that you can do that without anyone. You know, it's just you. It's just you. It was the most powerful moment of my life. It made me feel like I could do anything. It really was. And Joe and I had talked about that moment, you know, over and over, and to to be to be fortunate enough for that to happen exactly as I, you know, as, as, as I really visualized was, was huge. It was so transformative, I guess. Mm. And mm. you just pulled him straight up to just your chest? Pulled and him, to yeah, you. pulled him up out of the water and he was a great colour and he just, you know, he came out and he stuck his tongue out at me and his big open eyes. <laughs> He was this funny little creature straight away. He was just magical. And then I just looked up and all the girls are just around the pool with tears in their eyes and Andy's right beside me just in disbelief. And, ah, oh, it was just the best thing. How, how did um, – I love to sort of – I think it's really important to talk about partners. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I, I suppose virtually through you, Andy would be apt with birth um, yes. and pregnancy and beyond. So how, how did he cope – well, had not cope, but how did he sort of go with those last moments and what was his perception of that, that time when he came out, when Rudy came out into this world? He loved it. He was, he was, he was incredibly calm. He was amazing. I mean, I'm sure underneath he was probably, his heart rate was probably pounding away, but he, he was incredible and he, but he had such, such trust in Joe. And and in our team, and in me, I guess you know he re- he does trust the process, but you know that beauty of having the continuity of care of our midwife that we talked about everything, you know, all eventualities through the pregnancy, and he he absolutely trusts her, and he just sat back in awe. I mean, we'd always talked about him being in the water with me um, at the time of the birth. He chose not to, um, and not because he didn't want to. Because he said, I asked him afterwards, why? Why did you not want to get in? And he said, because when you were in the pool, it was like you were absolutely in command, and you needed, and and that space was just yours. He said, and you didn't need me in there, cluttering that and getting in your way. You you were everything you needed to be. And so, I know, right? Oh, I love that. Just got it. He just got it. And I was happy for him to get in. I didn't need him in there because I, I, I felt, you know, I had it. But, yeah, he just said, you, you, 
you didn't need me. You were totally in control. Mm. So that was just, that was beautiful. I mean, he was amazing throughout the whole birth. He was just, he was right there. He was present. He was strong. He was calm. It was just, it was beautiful. And we were really conscious of that in the lead up because obviously I was going to be surrounded by so many women in the know you know so many I had all these birth workers around me and we didn't want him to fade into the background um without a job without you know without his role but that didn't happen they didn't let and then we didn't let that happen yeah it's really important um I mean it, it just from listening to this story it just seems that you were guided with so many hands nurturing the both of you into mm. this journey and to always emphasise how important um, the partner is and, you know, um, that they know you the best, you know. They have that deep, innate, um, intimate connection with you that yeah. um, is that true understanding of you as a person and to honour that for them and, um, you know, it's, it, I mean, it's essential to... It absolutely is essential. And, I, I mean, I always say to clients, you know, I'm not there. There's always that concern that you will replace their partner. And I always try and say to them, I'm not there to replace your partner. I'm there to make your partner the best best support person they can be. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and, that's, and I feel like that's exactly what my team did for us. Yeah, yeah. What a beautiful story. I... I <laughs> just want to like touch on um i really like talking to people about this about people that have worked in birth prior to having their first child yeah um what was it like now uh reflecting on that was it a lot of moments come up where you're like oh well now i really know what that bit's like or (laughs) (laughs) um i i I guess for the labor you know for the majority of the labor i i don't feel like i was um, I guess surprised. I mean, it, you know, it was it was such a journey of discovery for me. But I kind of, and every every part of it was obviously new sensations and new everything. But I, I didn't feel totally surprised by it. I was amazed by the power of my body. I was amazed by how about the power of of what it was sending through me. You know, I couldn't. That was astonishing, but 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 I wasn't shocked by it, you know. I, but I I was pretty alarmed by the intensity of pushing that little head out. <laughs> that was definitely, you know, uh, that was like okay. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. You know, and, and and that feels different for every person as well. So That's you know, right. what I experience there is not going to be what my next client experiences. And I definitely would say you probably emphasise the importance of postpartum care and looking after the mother. Yeah. Yeah. That that really that was probably my biggest lesson, I guess. In that I, I mean, I, I had a bit of blood loss after the birth, and I was sort of, I was quite symptomatic of that for a week or so, a week or two maybe. And um, you know, I had a little tear, and I had hemorrhoids. I had all those things that kind of, you know, add to your pain basket quite a bit in those in those postnatal kind of days. And 
And so I, I remember being alarmed that, you know, even though I'd had a really straightforward home water birth, a, a gentle birth for all intents and purposes, I still needed a lot of care, you know. I was having dizzy spells and I was having, you know, I couldn't sit down for days and all of that. And I really, really needed lots of nurturing. Um, and that sort of amazed me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, lots of support. I know truly do believe in that fourth sort of trimester concept oh, that it, just, yeah. it doesn't stop there once the baby comes out absolutely not so I had my parents down you know after Andy went back to work and that was really beautiful you know it was just such a special time I loved it I I, I you know cried at my six-week appointment with Joe because I didn't want that you know I felt like that was the real postnatal kind of phase over and I really I just felt so held through that whole process and I didn't want it to end yeah, I think a lot of um, women, you know, when you're fortunate enough to have that, um, when you're working with private midwives, to have that six-week period. Mm. Um, I know I felt the same for mine. Like, I just got really upset um, in a good way. Like, it was, yeah, you know, it was yeah. really like, oh, <laughs> you're going to <Yeah>. leave? <laughs> well, yeah, right. Yeah, like, you're, you're still in touch, but it's just that real realization that okay this is you know this is it now it's yeah it's like the you know the bird flying from the nest but the, I mean the hilarious thing for me is that all of those women are at my back door every second yeah. day yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah there was never a goodbye in it but there yeah, was some, I mean you've got like a true tribe there you have just got this awesome tribe of women and that's it, you know yeah. a lot of us are really that's what we want that sense of community yeah. And belonging, yeah. 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 yeah, I've got it and I I feel like the luckiest woman to have that. It's yeah, the best. Yeah, I bet, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the true essence of um, community, isn't it? Just having that and knowing that that's there. And yeah. It's really important. Absolutely. So birth time, um, <clears throat> I'd love to talk about that. I've talked to um, Hannah, I've talked to Zoe, um, <laughs> I've talked to Joe. Jo. Yeah. So you're it. <laughs> you, it's like I've had this kind of. I think I interviewed Zoe last year. Yeah. Um, and then Joe a few months ago, and Hannah. Um, yeah. Uh, last year, so yeah. I've, I've kind of got this run running dialogue of what's happening with birth time. Um, yeah. <laughs> so where's it at now, and what's it like for you now, having you know done this in your pregnancy, and then have had your birth experience? too how's this sort of shaped the way you see things and oh it's just solidified the way I see things you know it's when we started making this I was coming at it from a place of having seen you know women for years that in the difference between say you know hospital or obstetric care and then a continuity a one-to-one midwifery kind of model of care and the difference that that made you know particularly women who were home birthing and were in that community you know I could see I'd always seen the distinct difference in in those models of care in my clients and friends, and then you know, and then as the filming of Birth Time has gone on, I've gone through that experience for myself, and and you know, no surprises, just absolutely cemented exactly, you know, what I believed and what this what this documentary is about. It's trying to get. It's trying to get that level of care to more women it's trying to trying to get more women all women coming out of their births with that amazing feeling you know with 
being held and being supported and feeling respected and honoured and like they've made their choices and like they, you know, they transform into the early days of their motherhood, you know, feeling strong. Yeah. And you guys formulated this sort of, um, I don't know what the word is, but it said, what will it take for women to emerge from their births physically well and emotionally safe? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how, how, how's that concept sort of heading out as birth time evolves? We ask that question to, every, to everyone we interview. That's our last question we ask to everyone. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, it, and it all comes back, all the experts, we've spoken to so many amazing experts, and it all comes back to the same thing. You know, it's all about that continuity, that relationship, with, with your caregiver, yeah, exactly. You know, that's all comes down to. So it's been this, it's, you know, evolving beautifully. I mean, Joe even commented the other night, if you look back through our Instagram kind of posts since we started filming, you know, Bo was, Bo was little, he was a few months old when we started and I had this big swollen belly and then as we go on, you know, Bo's now bigger and Rudy's come in and Rudy's now, you know. It's, it's, it's watching the babies grow as the documentary grows. It's really nice. Yeah, it's certainly a beautiful project that you guys are birthing and um, Home Birth Conference, you'll be releasing the trailer, I hear. That's the plan. So so where we're at now, I mean, it feels like, I know from the outside it feels like it it probably, it takes forever and and it kind of does. And, you know, we're three working women and, you know, busy mothers who are trying to get this done on – currently on zero budget and in our spare time of which you know is pretty tricky to organize so we've just slowly been you know plotting away interviewing as many people as we can and filming births and you know conceptualizing the whole thing and so now the yeah the plan is to get a trailer ready for the home birth conference in sydney in november um to kick off our crowdfunding because we're going to need we're going to need funds to finish this. None of us are professional editors and so that's going to cost, you know, a chunk of money to pay someone to do that and, you know, for whatever else it needs to see it through to the end. Um, yeah, so, the, you know, the and our plan is to, you know, hopefully have it close to being, filming close to being done by the end of the year and then we can start kind of pulling it all together. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, I get a feeling that... There be, might be a, like, version two. I mean, once you open that box, you, can, yeah. you could go on and yeah. on and on, couldn't you? <laughs> well, this is the thing. I mean, the number of people we want to interview is just its kind of mind-blowing and no one's really said no to us yet, I don't think. So we could just keep going and going and going. You know, it's just one leads on to another, leads on to another. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I found that with this podcast when I started it last year. Um, I bet. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, you know, uh, after interviewing Zoe and finding out about birth time and then yes. <laughs> just growing that into and finally getting to talk to you and um, yeah. it's been beautiful evolution and it's just yeah. like um, the more that you hear these stories, the more you personally change in your own journey and um, the more you just want to share it because it's, it's, um, it's there, it's real, these are stories and... Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And and I guess the three of us coming together, you know, Zoe 
Joe and I are obviously both workers and have been around this for years, but Zoe, you know, is coming to this as a, you know, as a mother of two who's just had, you know, her, her second birth being a totally transformative experience. And so it's, it's kind of beautiful having the three of us coming from different angles of it. Um, you know, and so it's always on this journey of discovery of learning, you know, this whole world, you know, it's kind of unravel. It's beautiful to watch that kind of unravel. Yeah. It reminds me of Jane, um, Hardwick Collins. She says something similar about, um, at this point is where we can change a consciousness around birth. It's when women have these transformative events yeah, and it's like the prime time to right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Create that shift and raise yeah. that consciousness level. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So right, God, I love. Women. Oh, I did a recording with her too. Two podcasts. Yes, ago. I've yeah, you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. <laughs> podcasts. You know, I've been binging on them like I binge on House of Cards. I've been binging on Circle of Birth podcasts. It's been great. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> It just warms my heart to hear that. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice back catalogue to work your way through. Awesome. Just to finish off, your, mm. your birth photography and you've served a lot of people with that. Joe Hunter was telling me that you uh, did some work with heartfelt photography. Yeah. Do you know, I feel like I'd really love to just explore that a little with you and talk about yeah, it. Sure. For anyone who doesn't know what heartfelt does, so heartfelt is a – it's an organisation of professional photographers around Australia and New Zealand um, who all volunteer their time to photograph um, stillborn babies and critically premature babies and terminally ill, very sick babies and children. Um, so I felt drawn to heartfelt after I saw a photographer friend of mine just put a post up about it, at, you know, several years ago. Um, it was before it was before I'd really launched as a, photography as a as a profession for myself, I guess, and and it immediately sort of struck me that that is something that I could do. Um, at that point, you know, I thought maybe my photography skills aren't quite there, but I've got the heart for this work. And so it was actually one of my early um, inspirations in terms of I really want to get my photography to a level where I can join Heartfelt and help people. Um, so I did just that. Uh, I joined Heartfelt, I don't know, I don't know how long ago, maybe four years ago, and um, volunteered I guess, relatively, well, quite frequently for them over the years. I mean, the last 12 months, not so much. I stopped once I got to a point in my pregnancy where it was quite visible because, you know, it's not the most sensitive thing to turn up to a, um, you know, to photograph a family who've just lost their baby, turn up with a swollen belly. So I stopped at a point in my pregnancy and, um, yeah, so and and I'm now trying to just carve out the time around Rudy to be able to step back into that. But yeah, so several for several years worked or volunteered quite heavily with Hartfield. And so you would just basically get called in um, at yeah. any time. You'd sort of be on call, I guess. Yeah. So works, this, yeah. we have an online group and and we have area 
state representatives. And so the hospitals or whoever the caregivers are call the state reps who then put the word out to whichever area, you know, and just say, you know, there's a, there'll be a, they'll give the details of there's been a, whatever it is, um, whatever the case is with the family at such and such hospital, they need a session urgently today who can get there basically. And then whoever is available puts their hand up and coordinates with the social worker to go to the hospital and photograph the family. Sometimes it's just photographing the baby if the situation sort of is such. Sometimes the, the, the parents can't bring themselves to be in the photographs, but they know somewhere deep down that they need a record. You know, they will want a beautiful record of this baby. And, you know, so it's, um, yeah, so whoever, whoever can jump in does at that point. And is this, um, as you as a person, I could imagine a lot of things would come up for you mm. doing this work and has this um, given you a sort of a definition of, you know, what um, that, I that, real, that true essence of support and um, care yeah. right through, you know, birth and death are so closely linked to each other. Yeah. that part so closely don't they yeah ab absolutely and and i think the most important thing around that is not shying away from death i think that's one of the biggest things i think i knew that but i think i've learned that more and more as time has gone on you know that shying away from people who've suffered a loss and people who are going through their darkest days is is you know the last thing that they need they need you to show up yeah, that's well said. Yeah, to show up, to be there. Um, to be there, you need to be more. You just need to be there. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's been such. I mean, I I. It sounds strange to say I love. Um, the work I've done with Heartfelt, but I I've had the, the, just the richest experiences through it, and you know I've formed friendships with many of the families that I photographed, and it, you know you you don't realise what you're doing and then you think you're just going, you know, along to take some photographs but you end up becoming a really cherished part of their journey because you you often are one of the only people who meet their beautiful baby and that's such an honour, you know, to think that they've, they've birthed this baby that they thought was going to be part of their lives and it's taken away from them far too soon and, and you're actually one of the few people who've gotten to really, you know, to spend some time with that beautiful little soul. So it's... um. Oh, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, even with birth doula, it's that same, you know, I, I'm in awe of being just there to be present with people in their most intimate time and a, mm -hmm. a death journey would be the same. And, I mean, I'm, you know, just recently become a death doula and um, nice. I've still got a lot more to learn and I, I just feel that when I do have my first experience serving someone and a family yes. through the death journey, it'll be the same as birth, just being so um, honoured to be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it cannot be underestimated. And I I really, you know, I feel like there is a shift. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, there is a bit of groundswell around changing the way we view death and changing the way we deal with it and taking it back, you know, much like birth, taking it 
taking it home or taking it, you know, reclaiming it and making the choices around it rather than just being told how to navigate it. Yeah, yeah. I I just can't believe since I've been exploring it so much how it's people are starting to talk about this more, which is fantastic. Um, There's just a lot more work coming out about it and exploring that journey. And um, I know with my birth of my second daughter, it was not long after I remember looking up into the... um, well to the ceiling to the sky essentially and I was just like this is how we should all be allowed to die like we this you know I felt that deep connection to death and birth at that exact same process into that death journey and I was just like this is how everyone should be felt to die this is how they should feel like loved nurtured honored um, absolutely yeah. yeah yeah We've got to have the conversation. We've got to start it with our families and, you know, talk about it more and talk about our wishes and, you know, really make it known and take the fear out of discussing it. Yeah, yeah, and put a bit of uh, a bit of laughter and fun into it. I, I'm actually, oh. I've got all the documents here and ready to go to sit down with my partner and I'm actually looking forward to having a bit of a laugh about our plans and... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, my girlfriend, who I mentioned before, who had the twin home birth, who's a celebrant, and she she creates these amazing, you know, funerals, and she holds runs workshops in pubs. It's called how to how to plan a fabulous funeral. I mean, it, you know, it's the conversation is is happening, and people are making changes. It's it's it is. We need to reclaim it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because when you have that outlook and that acknowledgement that death is there, and it it's a thing and it's it's part of life it's part of birth it's their circle of life all that sort of stuff yeah my life has become so much uh, easier it's <laughs> like i don't since i've ever explored death the more i yes. learn about it the easier my life becomes it's, it's that's it isn't it <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah absolutely jerusha thank you so much I know you've got your dinner to get to. I don't want I'm man. conscious of that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was it was just an absolute pleasure to hear your story and gather some of your wisdom to share with everyone. I'm really excited about releasing this, so thank you. Oh Ali, it's been such a pleasure to spend the evening chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, um, how can your website, do you just want to sort of yell it out so people can look at your beautiful photography? Oh, thank you. I'm at jerusha.com.au. Uh, and the other one I'll throw in there is the Heartfelt website. Um, Heartfelt is run purely on donations. Um, each And each session costs about $65 for us to process. So, um, you know, any love in the Heartfelt direction is always much appreciated and the heartfelt website is heartfelt.org.au thank you i'll put definitely put that in the notes too so people can right. link to that um Thanks. birth time have you got a website yet or is it just facebook.com slash birth time doco the birth time website is coming uh and it will be birth time dot world we do have a facebook page and uh an instagram page which is at birth time world yeah my pleasure did this episode tickle your heart move and rattle you in its wisdom i hope you resonated with the show 
please head over to the website circleofbirth.com for show notes, including my personalised take on the episode, pictures, resources and how you can connect with a storyteller. Sign up to the newsletter and most importantly, please help this show grow to its full potential of serving you in its ancient wisdom. Donations made easy via PayPal. All donations will be received with love. Head to circleofbirth.com slash donate. And yes, I'd love an iTunes rating. This has been another episode of the Birth Share Project. We breathe, we birth, we become. We honour you and empower you.